the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. Good. So now that we've actually got this on record, we can start all over again. Friends, uh, it's a pleasure to join you again this morning, as we've been doing so often. Uh, and what makes it so wonderful this morning is that we're joined by uh, a friend and also a colleague, uh, Susan Bernstein. And uh, she's here as a divorce coach and divorce professional. Susan, we would love for you to introduce yourself again to everyone. Uh, now that we got the first one out of the way, we can do a real take. Uh, Susan, please tell us about yourself, your divorce story, as much as you can, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, uh, as much as you're allowed to share, uh, and also what a divorce coach does. I'm a divorce coach, but I've never really shared what that is, a certified one, uh, and we would love to know from your perspective what a certified divorce coach does, please. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of little questions in there and I'll, I'll try to answer all of them. So um, my name is Susan Bernstein. I am a certified divorce coach and I am a mom of three amazing children. And for 20 years, I was an educator, a school teacher, administrator, college professor, educational consultant with my doctorate in education. And in 2014, I filed for divorce and, you know, it was not a good divorce to say the least. I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that, but I then saw um, a new career path and I switched from educational consultant to divorce consultant. I then became a certified divorce coach. And now not only do I coach people going through divorce all over the country and in other countries, but I also teach and coach certified divorce coaches and high conflict certified divorce coaches. And my specialty is really what hits home for me, what I went through, which is divorce with a special needs child and divorce with a toxic, um, high conflict, narcissistic ex, ex spouse and how to deal with that and how to help your children deal with it. Um, so that is a little about me. And to answer your question, as far as a certified divorce coach, what is the CDC? Um, to what the way I describe it to people is we are sometimes your secret strategist, your secret weapon. We are the person you come to to deal with the emotional side so that you are prepared for the financial and legal side of divorce. Oh. A certified divorce coach helps you gain clarity, helps you figure out a plan of action, helps you be the best person or parent if you are um, a parent during this time period. And really, I love to use the word unstuck because yeah. we help you get unstuck. We help you pivot and focus forward. I always say we're not a therapist. If you have a therapist, keep them. We are an additional resource. Yes. Yes. So, so, you know, they're both needed. They are both needed as part of that divorce team. And obviously someone going through divorce, it's great if you have friends and family and coworkers and neighbors, but they are not trained professionals. So you also need a team of trained professionals to get you through the divorce if you want it to go as smooth as possible. And that's one of the things I do is I help you find the other professionals. And I'm really there for my clients at any time, as much or as little as they want. And we can go as fast or as slow as they are you know, wanting to go at any given time. I think that's a really great point you bring up of what's the difference between a therapist and a coach, because 
people are, let's say, getting divorced. They're kind of floundering. The image I always use is like drowning, right? And you just right. need that life support. Where do you go? What what does each one offer and what's the difference between a therapist and a coach and, and what needs will each one meet in a different way? Absolutely. And, and how I kind of describe it, which is general, and I'm probably generalizing, but I say in general, you meet with your therapist every Tuesday at 10, you talk, you cry, you feel better. I say That's for- That's exactly my, what happens with my therapist only right, until And Sunday. me too. And it is Tuesdays at 10. Um, but <laughs> for, for me, what, what I tell my clients is most coaches like myself offer packages. So a package of two or nine sessions, and you can use those anytime. You could use two in a week, two in a month, two in a season. For me, those packages don't expire. So mm -hmm. if someone has a really a crisis going on in their divorce or a motion due, or there's an issue where, okay, I need to tell my ex now or something happened, they might use several sessions in a week. I'm available night and mm -hmm. weekend. Not all therapists are. And I promise my clients each and every time they leave me, they leave with an action plan. So it's going to be, I'm going to call my accountant about this. I'm going to text my exes. I'm going to talk to my children about this. I'm going to send my attorney an email with the following dot points. So they leave with a plan. And therapists don't often give a plan. And if they do, it's not each and every time. So that is how we, we differ and why both are so necessary. I'm certainly not trained to help someone heal their past. And therapists are definitely trained um, to do that. So it's, it's a great combination of working together and knowing when to use what resource. Yeah. So I, I love that definition that you gave. And I'll add to that. It just kind of summarizing what you've said that the coaches are very action and goal oriented of what's your agenda? How am I going to get you from point A to yeah. point B to point C? We're going to figure out, we're going to get you aligned and move you there. And a therapist is more about the why what's going on inside you? What are the patterns? What's the wiring? You know, what can we kind of clean up so that you don't repeat those patterns? So, and, and I'm sure both happens a little bit on both sides that divorce coaching also goes into cleaning up some of those patterns, because if you're taking action, you, you kind of need to know why you're stuck. And therapists also do sometimes provide those action goals, but that's a big distinction and an amazing combination to have both of those. Agreed. Uh, so. That's it part is, of the team that that's part of the team that people often reference. You know, when you're going through divorce, the best thing you could have is a team. You're obviously going to have a lawyer or a mediator, right? Those are the first kind of go-to positions. And most people go to lawyers, right? That's just the traditional idea. But then if you think about mediation, that costs far less and can be far more amicable. We had someone on the show who talked about mediation in that way and also amicable divorce. Uh, but there's, then there's the larger team, right? There's the therapist who helps you work on all that why stuff, the stuff from the past that might be coming up that helps you grow. And then there's the divorce coach who helps you move forward, right? In the whole process with those action steps. And Susan, you've even been that for me, right? Just earlier in this week, we were talking about what the hell is going on, right? We're dealing with my own situation in divorce and what are my action steps moving forward? And that was a real blessing. Uh, I often say that, you know, Therapy is about where, uh, why you are and divorce and coaching is about where you are, right? And kind of observing that. And so if we were to look at this also in maybe a Jewish standpoint or a biblical standpoint, and I hardly ever get this way, but it's because we're in the book of Exodus and our ancestors are wandering around the desert, right? It would be like standing there with Moses and the coach being like, okay, Moses, where are you going to take the people, right? What are your next steps through this wilderness, this crazy land of divorce? And Sheva would be there going like, okay, Moses, 
what was slavery like for the people, right? What was that whole traumatic experience like and what have you learned from it and what can you take with you now as a result of finding meaning and wisdom from it? Uh, and so that's kind of what we're talking about here is that there are multiple directions that we move in when it comes to divorce and you need a team of people around you to really kind of help you get through it all because it is a wilderness, right? And not everyone knows what to do and you certainly can't rely on other friends who have just been divorced because they may not necessarily have stepped out for their own personal perspective of it. And so you kind of need someone who's really got a little bit more of a professional approach like you who's, who really hustles to get it done not only in her availability to clients, but also in her expertise. You've got an answer for everything. It's quite remarkable. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I do say one of the things about coaching is I'm not going to tell you the answer. I'm going to show you that there's not only one. So we're going to say you can do X, Y, and Z. So when someone comes to me and says, should I keep the house or sell it? There are literally about seven different options that we go through as far as ways to potentially keep that house if you want to. I never want someone to feel stuck with no options or only one. And then once they see all these different options, then we say, well, what obstacles are going to be in the way on the path you choose and how are we going to get around it? And we can break it down as the little baby steps or huge leaps and bounds, whatever they want. But that's my goal is for them to figure out what they want, help them go through that fog and see that there is, is light at the end of the tunnel and that I will be there to kind of guide them and hold their hand and support whatever decision they want to do, how to get from A to B, as Sheva said. I have a personal question for you because you're divorced yourself and it sounds like what you mentioned previously that you're still involved in a legal battle and your, your world, your professional world is so centered around divorce. Do you ever get sick of divorce? <laughs> Do you wish that you had some other topic you were focused on enough of this divorce conversation? Oh I actually get, and it's a good question. I get energized by it. Um, when I was an educator, I was making a difference in children's lives. And now I'm truly making a difference in these clients' lives each and every day. And I know by making a difference in their lives, I'm still making a difference in children's lives because their parents are on track. And therefore, when your parent is focus, the children follow suit. So yeah. I really don't. And as you both said, every single divorce case is different. Every, every couple, every marriage, every family. So every, every time I think I've heard it all the next day, there's something new to hear. And to me, it's challenging and never gets boring. And there's always ways to help people and to strategize and communicate with whether it's their attorney, mediator, or even their financial person. Cause we know divorce is really two things. It's custody and finances and then tying the law in to ensure that that agreement stays. So um, I joke when I tell people that my sessions never expire and that I plan to work the next 20 years because it doesn't feel like work for me. Honestly, my career is my passion. So just doing it, I do not get burnt out. I feel like it is, it is making a difference. And this is what I was meant to do. It's funny. There's so many times I enjoy coaching so much more than being a rabbi because it's about really walking with people through these experiences, right? There's no advice that needs to be given, right? I've, I heard a great expression that advice is kind of wisdom you wish you gave to yourself, right, in the past. Um, you know, but there's no advice given. It's really kind of being there in the moment with people and asking questions and saying, you know, what's this experience like for you? And what do you think your next steps are gonna be? And yeah, coming up with that strategy, it's so crucial and important. 
to think about how many people don't take the time to think about that stuff in divorce and, and what they may leave on the table. Could they have stayed in the house? Could they have gotten some money for it? Right. What else could they have asked for in the settlement agreement? Did they think of everything that they needed for in the settlement agreement? All that stuff. Uh, and especially how are the kids handling all this? And can they see it from that perspective? It's it, it really is an advantageous thing to have a coach by your side, even if it's once a month in the process, depending on how it's going, just so you can get that clarity. Absolutely. And I am trained and certified as post-divorce transition and recovery. And mm. that is also a big thing. People will sign on the dotted line. And then there's a lot of post-divorce issues. There's enforcing the contract. If you have a difficult ex, mm. there's new relationships, there's co-parenting, there's potentially someone needs a new job or a part-time job to up that money stream that they need for their bills. Um, and, and to try to help them figure out and, and, really deal with all those post-divorce issues um, is so important. And to identify yourself as now you're single. And for some people, it's been 30, 35 years. And and who are you? And who do you want to be? And really helping them create that next chapter is extremely exciting and fulfilling. So let's, let's jump in a little. Let's do that. What are some of the issues that come to you often? What are common questions, concerns, challenges that you face and what advice do you give? <laughs> well, I, I can tell you because I have my two niches of divorce and special needs and high conflict divorce, I do see those the most. It doesn't mean that I don't help with amicable divorce. I also have a pre-mediation divorce coaching package where someone can come to me for five sessions who's really amicable and they just want to prepare for mediation. Um, and that's great. And that's the ideal situation where you can have a contract, stick it in the drawer and only pull it out if need be. That's the goal that everyone should ideally have. Cool. But I do see um, a lot of divorce with special needs children. We've all heard half the country gets divorced, but the statistics for divorce with special needs children is that, that 80% of mm. people who have a special needs child will be divorced by the time that child's 21. Wow. So it's an extremely high percent. And those families have additional issues normally. And we're talking, of course, there's a range of special needs children. There's many special needs children who are gifted and who end up going to college and working and having a family. We're not talking about those special needs children. We're talking about the ones with more severe issues, likely the ones who, depending on the state, if they're emancipated at 18 or 21 are not they're still considered dependent on their families. And normally in that case, one parent traditionally is the worker and one is the caregiver. Well, you get divorced and now the worker needs to spend half their time being the caregiver mm. and the caregiver now needs to have an income and they've been out of the workforce mm. for a while. And they also have to decide after that child's 18 or 21, whatever the state law says, Who's going to take care of them then? How is that going to work? There's extra wording in the agreement in the add-on section for, for normally um, for finances. It's like, no big deal. We'll split it. Or here's the, here's the normal percent based on the asset debt worksheet. But when you have a special needs child, there's all those additional doctor fees and medical fees and therapy fees. And then normally in a divorce, people say, let's have shared decision-making. We, we can agree for the best interest 
of the child. But when it's shared decision-making for a special needs child, and you're talking about their education and special needs schools and their medical needs and finances are involved, it can be really hard. So there's a lot of additional things that someone who has a special needs child should think about. And sadly, a lot of divorce attorneys don't even think to ask, does your child have special needs? Um, I am the co-director of the National Association for Divorce Professionals. We started a special needs chapter in 2021, and we are trying to link divorce attorneys with attorneys who do special needs trust and Whoa. wills and estates so that they see wording that can go in both that will actually help the child down the road and not hurt. So that that is one thing I do see a lot of that's really not talked about. But if you think about um, this country, if you were to Google how many children in this country have an IEP, which means a special needs plan in their right. school, right. it's about a quarter of children. And if half the country is getting divorced, it's a lot. It needs to be addressed. Susan, you stated um, that you specialize in high conflict divorce, also talking about how your own divorce is high conflict and, you know, how it's protracted now, but you've been divorced for, or at least moving towards complete divorce for several years. Is it that high conflict divorce, or at least a characteristic of high conflict divorce, is that it's protracted or are there other, you know, characteristics? And then also what would be the guidance you would give to someone, you know, who's coming to you and you recognize that it was a high conflict divorce situation as a coach? Absolutely. And these people, whether it's a man or a woman, need additional help. Um, Often they are gaslighted, they are manipulated, they are financially abused and normally emotionally and physically abused also. Mm. And so for the high conflict people, even the conversations and the sessions we have about how to prepare, because once you mention to that high conflict person that you're going to go through a divorce, they're going to hide all the money. There's going to be a lot of things they're going to destroy. So how do you even prepare to safeguard your finances, your property, and how to get your children the right help and set everything up before you even mention the word divorce. So for for someone who knows they're dealing with, and I like to use the word unstable. If you think your spouse is unstable, the chances are the divorce will be high conflict. Unstable can be related to an addiction. Unstable can be related to a mental illness. Unstable can be related to anger management, or there's often people who marry someone from another country and the differences are so great. And how we raise and live our children in the United States versus their country and the conflicts that come in. I have a lot of clients with that. So there's a lot of prep work that needs to go in. And then during the divorce, very rarely can you negotiate with a high conflict, toxic, narcissistic ex. Mediation doesn't happen. It has to go through the court system. And we know the courts take longer than mediation. And we know that the courts are extra slow during COVID. So it's kind of, I tell all those clients, get ready for a marathon. It's not a race. And we talk about self-care and how you're going to sustain because these divorces take one, two, three, four years. 
And then once they're finally done with the court system, um, then there's post-separation and post-divorce abuse, especially if children are involved. We talk about um, how to communicate, how to not let your ex trigger you, how to set boundaries. I mean, there's just so much education that needs to go into helping these clients how to document, how to present in court, because often that high conflict person is almost like an actor. They know what to go in and tell the judge and how to look and how, how to twist the story. So how my clients or the person who is being abused or dealing with it the high conflict acts, how they present in court. And we often talk about there's there's two, two battles, the courtroom battle and the out-of-courtroom battle. And we talk about how you try to co-parent, but out-of-court you might parallel parent and how to navigate all these. Um, so I'm highly trained by Tina Swithin, who is the guru for high conflict divorce and custody oh. battles. And I actually am an instructor in her program as well. Um, but certainly people going through it will deal with their neighbors or friends who say, well, blankety blank got divorced and they didn't have to deal with any of this. So why, why do I have to, why can't yours be the same? And the answer is, the answer is, is that they don't understand how it is to deal with a high conflict ex. You're right. not dealing with a stable person, something that would normally seem fair goes right out the window. Mm. That's such a great point you bring up of, you know, each divorce is so unique, so different. And so often we gravitate. I know when I got divorced, you know, when you're, you're, you you hear a word for the first time or when you were pregnant the first time, and then it's all of a sudden everywhere, like, everyone's pregnant now that yes. I'm pregnant. So it felt like that when I got divorced, like, everybody's, everyone's divorced. And then you're hearing so much feedback from other people about what they're going through or what their situation's like. And obviously that's not going to be your situation. And so taking that into consideration of listening to what people say, but not necessarily transferring that onto your own um, experience. And then I would just ask if you can give an actionable step of how do you actually, when, if you have uh, a co-parent that is just very, very difficult and how do you, I know it's a long process of learning how to navigate and deal with that, but do you have an actionable step of trying to work with that partner or person and get aligned with them? So absolutely. Um, I can give several. Number one is I would recommend the Our Family Wizard app because then everything is documented in writing. So you're showing that you are attempting. It can't be altered by time or date stamps and they can't go off on you. It actually won't allow certain words. And and so I do recommend anyone who's dealing with a difficult ex to get the Our Family Wizard app and use that. I also recommend my clients who are doing that document, write down things they say, have a separate calendar, literally just to write scenarios down, whether it's related to how they treated you when finances weren't paid or how they treated the children and create that log because that's something that judges like to see if you have to go back to court or if it's during the process, they like to see documentation. I also encourage my clients to write a profile of their ex 
because everyone going through divorce is going to tell their attorney or the judge, he's awful. I hate him. He's a narcissist. That word is thrown around so much. Right. I actually tell my clients not to say the word narcissist because it's overused. And sadly, the judges and the lawyers are numb to it. They don't, it takes them, research has shown about a year to realize that your ex truly is who you're saying. So when I say profile them, I have my clients write out a simple paragraph with about five little lines and stories of my ex threw me on the bed, threw things at me, right. and I have black and blue marks, and here are here are the things. Or right. my ex turned off the electric or canceled this or did that. Literally things that show that it's not a normal person hating their ex because they're going through divorce, really extreme forms of abuse to you or your children, whether it's financial or verbal or physical, but to profile them and to hand it to the lawyer and the judge and say, this is who I'm dealing with. And, and to have that in writing, just five little snippets that show how bad they are, if they really are that bad. Now, if they're not that bad, then to your point, Sheva, is talking to my clients about not letting your ex trigger you, knowing what you control, what you can't control, we can't control our exes. We can control our response. So thinking about the categories of, do I need to respond to that email? Maybe yes, maybe no. If it wasn't about the children and there was no question and they were just putting us down, we don't need to respond. Um, if poking. we need to respond. Oh, go ahead now. No, I'm just saying there's a lot of poking that can often go on oh. between exes. I hear from friends all the time who are divorced that just like they'll get a random text from an ex and it's got absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's out of the blue. Right. And they're just kind of like, what am I supposed to do with this? And the answer is don't respond. Right. They're taking out your bad day on you. <laughs> Their bad day on you. There's no need to respond. So do you need to respond? How soon you need to respond? If it's urgent or not. Obviously, if the child broke their elbow during soccer, that's urgent. But if they're asking right. a random question about winter break right. um, and that's not for three months away, you don't need to respond same day. So thinking about how you're going to respond, knowing everything you say could be recorded, everything you text or email could be printed out and put in big bold for the judge. So really talking about response and thinking it through. I do have clients who pay me weekly, literally just to help respond to their ex because they yeah. know they're triggered. My goal yeah. is to teach them how not to be so they can do that on their own. I say, I don't, I, I want you to be able to do this with confidence and no. Um, and then one other thing that can help as far as you ask what tricks they can do is a power statement. Like every business we know has a mission statement. Mm. I like people going through divorce to have an individual mission statement, which I call a power statement. And it's something that you can share with the judge or the lawyer or just for yourself. And it would say something like, okay, you know, everyone is going through this. Mine appears to be special, but it's, it's unique, but I'm not the only one in it. My children are my first priority. Mm. I know where I want to be. I know who I want to be. Mm. And I know what's important to me. So just getting someone to think about their own personal mission and path and, and really posting that, whether it's on their laptop or their mirror or in their car, to help ground you and focus you on what's important so you don't let your ex go off on tangents. And, you know, a lot of times in these high conflict fireballs are being thrown and, and it's a smoke and mirrors. Which one do you go to? You need to know what you're going to focus on and what you're not going to focus on. And the order. A lot of times that is what I do. I call it triage. I help people deal with the overwhelm. I say, if you're going into the ER 
and your head's bleeding versus the person next to you says they feel like their head's bleeding, the ER nurses are going to deal with the person who actually has blood coming out of their head. So I want you to do that with your divorce. Let's do triage. It's very, very overwhelming. But what has to get done? What is your ER? What has to get done today? What can be done next week, next month and put off? And people feel so much better when they have a plan of how to deal with that overwhelm. And it's the overwhelm that prevents you from really breathing in the process. You're panicking about things. You can't really think clearly. I'm sure, Sheva, you've dealt with people who feel overwhelmed and you give them great tips for how to deal with being overwhelmed, but whatever it is, but it makes it impossible to really think clearly. And it, I was overwhelmed in my own divorce when it was brought up to me, right? When it was first proposed and the idea of, you know, you, you mentioned about international marriages, right? And how those present a whole other slew of problems. I had a cousin, I remember as a kid learning about divorce from that. I had a cousin who was married to someone who is Israeli and she all of a sudden wanted a divorce up and left with the child. And he spent a good portion of his adult life and still to an extent trying to get in touch with that child and be that child's father. I remember extended family going to try to visit them when they went to Israel. Uh, and so, you know, all that stuff kind of came in when I was thinking about my own divorce and going like, I'm a good guy, but I'm deathly afraid of like losing my children. And so, you know, you think of all those things, you end up getting overwhelmed in the process and it just makes it absolutely difficult to really think clearly about your next steps. Very true. Absolutely. And I do help people with that each and every day. If you think divorce amongst different states is hard, I have numerous clients with divorce out of different countries mm-hmm. and it's much harder related to jurisdiction. So you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah. I re- First of all, the overwhelm. I'm divorced nine years. I'm still overwhelmed. So wow. I don't think that, that ever goes, goes away. away. Never goes away. Thank it's you, a, Judaism. The predominant <laughs> issue everybody comes with is I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, yes, this is life. But um, what you said about you are often that person that clients turn to to help just answer emails. And I actually had that when I got divorced. I was lucky enough. She wasn't a divorce coach. I called her my guru, Guru Michelle. And her whole message, which to me, what resonated very much with me was leave with love, not with fear. And I would call up and say, this is this is the text, the message that I got and help me respond because we have such an instinctual need to protect ourselves. And it is, it is a war. It's a, it's everyone is in survival mode and we are not tapping into a place of calm or love or connection. It is protection and disconnect and safety. And we don't always say the things that are going to bridge and connect, which is really what we need to try to be doing. And so it's really helpful to have that person that can hold your hand and whatever is your goal. For me, it was lead with love, finding that person and saying, okay, I'm going to pause before I respond to this email. I'm going to get some input. I'm going to have somebody in my ear that's helping me. And, and it was tremendous for me in terms of where, what kind of relationship we were able to bridge because it is so easy to get into that. um, I call pain Frisbee back and forth and sword fighting as another coach has referred to it. (laughs) And, and I, all three of us here during, we are all professionals and we all admitted we rely on other professionals. And I can tell you, I have seven clients who are attorneys. Two of them are actually divorce attorneys. The other five say, I haven't dealt with divorce law since law school. And the two who are divorce attorneys say, yes, I am a family and divorce attorney, but 
when it comes to myself, it's hard. And I need someone else to help with overwhelm and help me figure out strategy for communicating. So even when you're a professional and you're living in it, I have numerous clients who are therapists and social workers and, and it's, it's hard. So if it's hard on people who know what you're supposed to do, it's extra hard on someone who doesn't even know quote the theory to then apply it. So that's why really leaning on professionals, leaning on a team, knowing it's okay to ask for help. That is how you're not only going to survive, but thrive. The people who thrive after the divorce are the ones who had resources and ask for help during it to get through it. I like the idea uh, you said of the power statement, and, and that makes me think of like a compass, right? What are you going to use to help you remember where to go and what's important to you? Like you said, it reminds you what your next steps are, or at least even if they're not clear, but gives you the footing that you need, right? That's the power that you need to really go forward and do whatever it is. That's a really beautiful idea, the power statement. Well, I credit that to Tina Swithin. And one other thing I can credit to Tina Swithin, and your your listeners can check it out, if they Google Tina Swithin canned responses. Mm. And we talked a lot about um, how to respond to your ex. She has a two-pager that you can oh. print out Ooh. of how to respond to your ex. And I love it. And I refer to it and it's genius because it says duly noted and strongly disagree, or I have read this and I disagree, or I'm in full disagreement, or please refer to our contract on page blank. It just keeps you classy. And one mm. thing that I try to do with my clients is keep them classy, not them classy, let them baby. go down to that level. So having canned responses, that way the judge can't say, well, you ignored your ex. No, your honor, I responded and I responded right. in an appropriate way. Right. I kept it classy, baby. Yeah. That's like a, that's that, cool, that's right? a divorce tagline as it is. Getting divorced, keep, keep it keep classy. Keeping it classy. I love that. <laughs> I really, I'm going to check too. those out. I really like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. It really yes. is. Uh, Susan, um, can you share uh, some contact information with us? And then we'll also share this event that we've got planned coming up. We would love to know more about how people can get in touch with you and they can find your resources and reach out for assistance. Absolutely. I give out my phone number. It's 551-444-2609. I tell people I turn it off when I sleep at night. So you could literally call or text 24-7. If I'm up, I will answer or text back. I'm, I'm there for you. I also, the name of my business is my website, Divorce Coach Plus, all one word, P-L-U-S. Um, you can book a session on there. You can find out more information on there for me as well. So I'm, I'm here to help people and I have the resources. I'm a leader um, in several national organizations, NADP, Investa. So even if people aren't in the New York tri-state area, I have resources throughout the whole country um, to help people get through it. Before we get to this other announcement, I am just kind of curious from your expertise and your time and experience in divorce, what's the one piece of advice having nothing to do with high conflict divorce or anything like that? And I know what I said about advice already, right? What's the one piece of maybe guidance you would give to someone going through divorce uh, as a professional? Ideally, I, I say the best revenge is to live a happy life, to focus on the positive, to look at the little things and be grateful for them, to really make the most of that time with your children and to not let your ex ruin your chance of future love. Um, and so just to move on and say that was in the past, 
That's the last chapter. And I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to stay under the covers. I'm going to use that to push myself to be a better person and have a better life after this. I'm getting out for a reason. That's really beautiful. That's really deep as well. And just to know that like there is life after this whole thing, right? You could think that it's all dying along with your marriage and your dreams, but it's not. There's life after this. That's really wonderful. There's so many good people out there. Absolutely. And good people find other good people. So you will find someone and your children will be okay. And and you will look back at that little bleep in time and say, yeah, the divorce period was really rough, but I'm glad I did it because now look where I am. So let me just say that in the same regard, uh, Susan and I, and along with another divorce professional, Scott Coopersmith, who focuses on finances and divorce, uh, have put together a wonderful opportunity for the Jewish community in divorce. It's called Jewish Divorce Journeys. You can find that name, that club on Meetup, and you can also find it on Facebook. Again, Jewish Divorce Journeys on February 13th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and going for about an hour and a half. We're going to run, you know, like a salon, a learning session, a, a, a learning time, whatever you want to call it, uh, for people who might be going through divorce in the Jewish community to come to get some information to share with one another and even maybe build up some friendships along the way as they go through this process so they're not alone. Does that sound about right to you? Yes. And, and it really is a necessary thing. You know, um, no, Noam and I have talked about like, if you're Christian, there's resources out there. There aren't as many resources for people who are Jewish going through it. So we're going to put that component in because there is a component to being Jewish and going through divorce. And we're going to hit the topics of religion, whether you're majorly religious or minor, you know, very little, it will hit on that. We will hit on the emotional, the custody and the finances. So you will leave after that 90 minutes, really feeling like you got a lot out of it and hopefully feeling like you want more and we'll have follow-ups. So come folks, join us. $75 to register. It'll be on Zoom. Again, you can find us on Meetup at Jewish Divorce Journeys or on Facebook at Jewish Divorce Journeys as well. And now that we promoted that, let's also remind everyone about listening to this podcast and where they can find it. Sheva, would you like to, would you like you to do find that? us at our website, jewishdivorceproject.com or send us an email, the Jewish divorce, Jewish divorce project at gmail.com. And we are open to comments, questions, uh, guest suggestions, send it all our way. Please do friends. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well at the Jewish divorce project. Susan, this has been wonderful. Sheva, do you have any other questions or anything like that that you uh, want to Susan, do you know Liz Becker? I do because I work with her for the National NADP. Association of Divorce Professionals and I oh, took her certified cool. divorce specialist program. So I do know her really well at, a, um, at, at many different levels. And I attended their conference pre-COVID. So I met her in person and spent time with her in person. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. That's really funny. Yeah. Very cool. cool. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Have a great day. A great great day weekend. Okay. You have a great day day as well. Bye-bye.